Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're in Daniel chapter 2. Last week we opened up to the book of Daniel, a book in the Old Testament. We're going to be spending uh, the next two and a couple more months in this book. So be prepared, and as I said last week, if you want to bring a Bible with you, I'd encourage you to do that as we follow along very closely to God's Word to see how God is active in the story of Babylon. Let me just set the stage again really quickly. It's the year 605 B.C. or thereabouts. Daniel and his friends, they're young teenagers, they've been taken captive They're no longer in their hometown of Jerusalem. They've been taken 700 miles away and are now in Babylon. The big empire that's trying to take over this region of the world at this time, the Babylonian Empire, under the rule and reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, has taken these young men and many others captive. Daniel and his young teenage friends now named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were good Jewish kids growing up in Jerusalem. And as good Jewish kids, their family, their parents raised them to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what we're going to see all throughout this book of Daniel on repeat is that that foundation that was laid in the lives of these young teenagers was a foundation that allows Daniel and these other young men to stand up with boldness and great faith, trusting in their God. And what we're going to see on repeat again today and next week is that our God is far above all other gods and our God is faithful always to his people and his promises. Well, here's how chapter 2 begins. We're going to be in chapter 2 today. We heard read the very tail end of it, but there's a lot more to be said. So here's how Daniel chapter 2 begins. King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian emperor, wakes up in the middle of the night after having a dream that troubles him. And as was customary at this time, when a king is troubled by a dream, he calls upon the wise men, the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers to come to him and tell him his dream. Well, it was customary for the king usually to tell his dream and then let those people, those wise people, offer an interpretation. Well, the king knows that oftentimes these magicians and sorcerers are scam artists and they just make up their interpretations. And so the king is particularly troubled by this dream and he says, no, 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 not this time. This time, I'm not going to tell you my dream and let you make up some interpretation. I want to see who are the real wise men. If you are a real wise man, you will be able to tell me what my dream was and then also tell me the interpretation. And all these wise men are going back and forth with the king and finally they say to the king, it's impossible what you ask. None of us, no wise man can tell you what your dream is. We can tell you your interpretation. And because of this, King Nebuchadnezzar issues a decree sent all throughout Babylon that all of the wise men ought to be killed, destroyed. Well, 
Daniel and his friends, they were trained to be wise men. This is their job now in the Babylonian Empire. And so they hear about the decree, and Daniel goes to the servant in charge of him and says, I need to speak to the king because I can give him his interpretation. At this point, Daniel's got nothing. He actually, he doesn't know what the dream is. He doesn't know what the interpretation is. He just has a deep faith that God will deliver to him just what he needs, just when he needs it. I ask you today, do you believe that God is this powerful in your life? I don't mean giving you the power to tell other people what their dreams are or even interpret dreams. I just mean plain and simple. Do you believe that at all times God will deliver to you the words that you need to speak and the actions that you need to take if you ask him? Do you actually believe that? I think often we are too afraid to stand up in difficult situations with a bold faith and trust in God that he's going to deliver us words to speak. Too often, for whatever reason, we think that God is not at work in us like that. Too often we think that God is not specifically at work in us as individuals. We think, oh, of course God's at work out there, generically, somewhere, somehow. But, but in me? No, not in me. Not, not, like, not like with Daniel or the people in the Bible. God, God's not that specifically involved in my life, is he? For Daniel, there's no doubt in his mind about who he is and who his God is. No doubt that God will deliver to him the dream and the interpretation. When Daniel stands up and tells that servant, hey, go tell the king that I want to have a hearing with the king, the servant goes directly to the king to tell him, hey, Daniel wants to speak with you. You know where Daniel goes? He goes back home to his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Again, remember at this point, he's put himself out there. He said, I can interpret the dream, but he's got nothing. He doesn't have anything. So he goes to his friends back home and he says, guys, essentially, we got to pray. We've got to pray. We've got to pray. Here's what, he, here's what he says specifically. He says, seek the mercy of God. Seek the mercy of God. And so Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they all seek this mercy of God because they're totally at the mercy of God. If God is not merciful to them, they're dead. They're dead. But they pray, they seek God's mercy, and Daniel goes to sleep. And while Daniel is asleep, he is awoken in the middle of the night. Guess what? God delivers to him the dream and the interpretation. And Daniel wakes up. And you know what the very first thing he does is when he awakes? He gives God all the credit. Here it is. Here's, here's what he says. He says, Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel blessed the God of heaven. He gave God all of the credit. He gave God all of the credit. You know, I wonder, 
I wonder, Daniel had such a deep prayer life, such a deep conviction that God would deliver to him just what he needed. But I often wonder what your prayer life looks like these days. What sort of spiritual disciplines have you been incorporating into your life to draw you into a deep faith and trust in God that he will deliver? I often wonder what this year of turmoil has done for your life and your spiritual disciplines. I've heard from a lot of you that this year of turmoil has actually caused you to be more entrenched in God's Word than you had been previously. And for others in this last year of turmoil, for many, of, many people, the spiritual disciplines have become more and more of just an extracurricular activity. I heard another pastor say that I think in this year of turmoil, it's sort of like the, the water of the lake in our lives has been drained and we can see what's been beneath and at the bottom of all of our lives. It's like that, that lake that's been drained has made visible what we value. The turmoil of Daniel's life also made visible what he valued. And what he valued was a deep prayer life and a deep, deep devotion to his God, a deep conviction of what God is able to do. And so that's why after spending that night in prayer and waking up with this vision, that's why Daniel cries out and gives God all the credit. Daniel blessed the God of heaven for giving this vision to him. Daniel gives all the credit to God for being merciful and blessing him with this vision. And then Daniel goes on. Some of my favorite words in all of chapter 2, almost a song of praise. Let me put this up on the screen, verses 20 through 23. Here's what Daniel cries out. He, he says, blessed be the name of God forever and ever to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. Daniel's first task after receiving what he asked for, is to sing songs of praise to God, saying, God, yes, you are the revealer of mysteries. And then in verse 26, if you're following along in your Bible, we're in verse 26 now, and Daniel is invited to go see the king. So Daniel goes in to see the king in uh, verse, verse 26. Daniel's got a hearing with the king, and in the presence of the king, the very first thing Daniel does is he actually agrees with those wise men who came before him. Remember how the wise men said, it's impossible for any wise man to interpret your dream or tell you your dream? Daniel says, they were right. It's not possible for man to tell you what your dream was. But then Daniel flips the whole script and he says, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mystery. What a bold statement of faith. 
Daniel right there says, I cannot do this. But there's a God in heaven who can. I can't, but he can. And then Daniel tells him the dream, which I'm not going to go into all the details. You heard it read. It's kind of weird. If I were the king, I would have been asking for somebody to interpret this thing for me too because I read it multiple times and it still doesn't make sense to me. So we're not going to read the dream, but Daniel gives an interpretation. He tells him the dream, the king marvels at it, and then he tells him the interpretation, which is this. Again, if you've got your Bible, I'm going to go just kind of verse by verse. Starting in verse 37, he says this, you, O king of kings, this is Daniel speaking to the king, you, O king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given this kingdom and the power and the might and the glory, and into whose hand he has given wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, making you rule over them all. You are the head of gold. What does this mean? Daniel is saying to the king, king, you are powerful. We know this. You have a lot of wealth, a lot of land, a lot of people. But know this king, only king, because the God of heaven has given you this kingdom. Okay? So he's given all the credit to the God he believes in. And then Daniel tells the king what his dream really means. Verse 39, he says, all right, King Nebuchadnezzar, another kingdom that's inferior to you shall arise after you, and yet a third kingdom after that of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And then after that, there will be a fourth kingdom that comes. Daniel is saying, again, King Nebuchadnezzar, you are powerful, but your power only comes from God. And guess what, King this empire that you're trying to build, it's not going to last forever. There's going to be one that comes after that, and then another one that comes after that that rules that one, another one that comes after that that rules that one. But, Daniel says in verse 44, but in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. You know who he's talking about? The kingdom of Christ. The kingdom of Jesus breaks apart the kingdoms of this world. This is what we see in the ministry of Jesus, right? This is what we see. Humble, he rides into the city of Jerusalem. Humble, he takes upon the cross. But victorious, Jesus rises from the dead. Jesus right now rules and reigns over all things. Through his resurrection, he ushered in this new kingdom which knows no end. Think about it. Daniel was proclaiming Christ to Nebuchadnezzar 600 years before Christ was ever born. But can you imagine the boldness of Daniel, right? Because he stands before the king, this powerful king, which could bring him out in just any instant. And Daniel says, hey, king, you're not going to be king forever. And the empire that you're trying to build won't last forever. Oh, and any power or wealth that you do have, you didn't earn for yourself. God gave it to you. <laughs> Think about this. As students of history, the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar, did it last forever? No. If it weren't for the Bible, and maybe even <laughs> coming to church today, 
Perhaps you've never even heard of Nebuchadnezzar. (laughs) If it weren't for this series in the book of Daniel, perhaps you've never even heard of the Babylonian Empire. Is it still in existence today? Not like it was. Not like it was. But if you lived at that time, if you lived in that place, you would have been saying, holy smokes, this is a powerful empire. Big and mighty and vast, and I don't think it's ever going to end. They just keep taking over more and more lands and more and more people. And if you were a Jewish person like Daniel living at this time, you would have been thinking, our people are going to be wiped out. We're not going to last. There's going to be no more of God's people. But guess what? Here we are today in the 21st century living in America and the Babylonian Empire is no more. And that kingdom that Daniel was talking about that came after them, the Persian Empire, which took, took over the Babylonians, they're no more. And the kingdom that came after that, the Greek kingdom under the reign of Alexander the Great, that kingdom doesn't last anymore. And the empire of the Romans that came after that, they've fallen. Guess what? This is the point. The kingdoms and the powers of the earth rise and fall, but the kingdom of Jesus Christ does not. In this inauguration week of a new president in the United States of America, it's certainly good for us to remember this dream of Nebuchadnezzar and the truth behind it. No matter who you voted for in the presidential election, no matter what you believe about the state of this country or where it may be headed, no matter what you think ought to be the priorities of any government, you better believe that God is above it all. Because whoever has authority and power in this world has authority and power temporarily. But God's power is eternal. In this inauguration week, as President-elect Biden prepares to take office, it would be good for us, biblical for us, to pray for him and to pray that God would reveal himself to that man, to President-elect Biden, in small ways and in large ways, reminding him of this biblical truth that any power and authority in this world is temporary and that God is God of gods and He is Lord of kings. He establishes authority and erases authority. I think we ought to pray that all of our elected officials are surrounded by people of faith who can proclaim this message, that all of our elected officials may walk humbly in the sight of God and all people, trusting that their authority comes from a higher source of authority who we know is God. We ought to pray for President-elect Biden and President Trump as he prepares to leave office. May God elevate and raise up people of faith, maybe even some of you sitting in this room, to be the proclaimers of this truth, that God is God and that His kingdom lasts forever. The final section 
of chapter 2 begins in verse 46. After hearing that his kingdom only has power because of God and that his kingdom is not going to last forever, you know what King Nebuchadnezzar does? He falls on his face and he pays homage to Daniel, a king bowing down to a servant. This is not supposed to happen. But here the actions of the king symbolize the whole point of the book of Daniel, which is this. The kings of the earth must bow down to the sovereignty of our God. Not only does Nebuchadnezzar fall down, but with his lips he actually declares this truth. Verse 47 if you've got a pencil or a pen in your Bible out, you ought to underline this because Nebuchadnezzar proclaims this. Your God is God of gods and your God is Lord of kings and he reveals mysteries. Nebuchadnezzar says this. And because of his interpretation to the king, Daniel's not killed. The wise men are not killed. Daniel's promoted. He's given rule and reign over a whole region of Babylon. And Daniel, as part of his promotion, asks that his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, can also get promotions. And they too are given promotions. Our God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings, and he's the revealer of mysteries. But hear this today. In Jesus Christ, our God has revealed to us everything we need to know about who he is and what he does for us. The love of Jesus Christ is no mystery. You don't need to have a dream or interpret a dream to know the love of Jesus Christ. He showed it to you on the cross where he gave up his life for you. You don't need to go looking or wondering, does Jesus love me? He does. You don't need to interpret mysteries to, to know if God is powerful. He's shown you that he is. Daniel is an example, but Jesus is a greater example. Through the ministry of Jesus, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf have their ears unstopped, the blind can see, the storms are calmed, the dead are raised, and Jesus himself rises from the dead. Right now, sitting on his throne over all things is Jesus. And through his life, death, and resurrection has prepared the way to everlasting life for all who believe in him. This world that we live in is searching in lots of different places to try to interpret and understand why the world is the way that it is. I don't know if you're searching for understanding, trying to interpret why the world is the way that it is. But I want to remind you, our world is not going to get better or worse simply due to the result of an election of one president 
It's not going to get better or worse simply because of a pandemic and the response to it. Our world, our world will be shaped and will be changed and will only know the truth when people of God, including you, stand up in faith, boldly proclaiming this God who rules and reigns and who loves the world and his name is Jesus. So we need, like Daniel, to have a deep prayer life, deep scriptural, spiritual convictions to stand boldly in faith, trusting that the Holy Spirit will deliver to us just what we need to say, just when we need to say it. But just think of it. You have the authority to stand in this world and say, I know the God above all gods. I know the creator of all things. I know the savior of the world. I know him. He's my father and he's my friend. I know what he's capable of. Jesus alone is our hope. Jesus alone is our strength. Jesus alone is our life. He's got the whole world in his hands. Amen.